Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. Yeah, I don't think I have an actual intro for this one. I know it's always, hey, welcome back to Good Cop, Bad Cop. I don't think I got an intro for this one. I think it's just, uh, that's the thing I love about this part. This is only three. I got I got Scottish Danny with me. Hey, Danny, how's it going? Hello, mate. I'm doing really well. Thank you very much. How's yourself? Yeah, good. This is only episode three, but I, I mentioned to you earlier, I'm, I'm loving this. And this is only, I've only recorded two at this point. And one of the reasons I love it is it's it's very laid back. There's almost no preparation at all. Um, cause you, you actually, asked, I said to you, I said, yeah, I still got to finalize my cards. Like I still haven't even a day before I kind of had some idea what I was going to pick out, but I like the informal thing. And, um, you mentioned to me, you said, Hey, I got my notes ready. I got everything. Um, confession time right at the start. I have no notes prepared at all. I have three <laughs> cards in front of me and I have nothing prepared. And that's very different from the first two episodes. I, I mentioned to you off air with the boys. I wanted to see what they had and I wanted to talk about things, I wanted to t- talk off what they were saying, and I wanted to be prepared. I knew Mason wanted to talk about football. That is not my strong suit at all. So I needed to know ahead of time what he was going to talk about. And I also wanted to make sure I had things that were relevant for the for the boys as well. But no, for this one, literally, I looked kind of through. I was actually going to pick out my best cards. I, I, I apologize to you, Danny. I feel like I might have sold you short on this. I have not picked out great cards today. I have not picked out my favorite wrestling cards at all. I had, after you agreed to come on, some wrestling cards arrive. There was about 15 cards. And I was like, I'm just picking from those. I'm not I'm I'm hoping at some point then I can entice you to come back when I have the good cards and we can I can show you some of my better cards in my collection. But no, these are ones I saw online. I was like, oh, I kind of like those. I want those in my collection. I was like, I'm just gonna pick three of those out. So yeah, yeah. this is me, this is me not caring at all. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like biscuit vision all over again, doesn't it? <laughs> And the other thing I love about this is there's no editing at all. There's no little music clips in the middle because there's no reason to. This is not I don't have Matt Willis on with me. So I know the episode is not going to be as long as I need to put something to break it up. He is coming on. Oh, I think he's coming on episode. Well, the next episode. This is the other thing. We can record these at any time and it's probably still going to be relevant. I could put this out in two months time and it's not going to make any difference where if we don't get our uh, wrestling podcast episode on time. It's pointless. People are already talking about the next thing. So yeah. that's another thing I love about this straight away. Hey, I want to ask straight away, because I didn't ask the boys, because it was to me, it was already obvious. Um, how did you get into collecting? How long have you been collecting? What are you collecting? Um, yeah, give us kind of that background into your uh, collection. Well, uh, I started collecting uh, wrestling cards when I was uh, t- had to be about 2004, 2005. I was uh, about 13 then. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always just about going to the shop um, and getting like for 75p, you'd get like 12 cards uh, of the latest uh, wrestling that was going on. You'd get like um, the top stars like Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle and things like that. But I didn't really get um, super into it until... 2008 2009 which is the which we're going to be talking about um okay. coming up is the slam attack series from uh to late 2008 i'm sure this is I had a bit of trouble piecing together when this was but yeah yeah slam attacks um i have over 200 of them and uh yeah i pretty much have every single one except one card which i've been looking uh, for since 2009 so 
yeah, that's um, pretty much the gist of it. But I haven't really uh, bought more cards after this collection, no. But I'm amazed I found um, these in my uh, sister's old house. <laughs> I found a lot of my cards that I'd forgotten about. I bought them in 2003, 2004, something like that when I was over here. And like I say, I just kind of filed them away. I figured they would be souvenirs of America when I was back in England. And then once the boys started, and, and then, of course, once I moved finally to the States, I had to bring everything back over again. And they've just kind of been in boxes. And occasionally I'll get them out, have a look through. And then, yeah, it was with the boys suddenly showing an interest. It's been kind of cool just to delve back and look at faces that I guess now classic faces in some ways. Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh, I remember that guy. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely cool to do that. Now, I don't know if it's a spoiler and you might not be able to answer that. So that one card, is it like um, a limited edition or is that is that why it's so difficult to get? No, it's just actually um, it's Domino from um, Juice and Domino, the tag team. And the fact that I haven't got Domino means that I haven't got the tag team. I've just got Juice, so it's annoying. Oh, okay. But we'll get into that later on in the show. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, and the thing I found with this card collecting thing is that if you suddenly decide I want a card on whatever, you can just go on eBay and type it up, yeah. and you're probably getting thousands of uh, things people are selling, whatever. So it's, yeah. it's I know... Obviously, there's certain cards like for me, a certain baseball player, if I wanted to get a 1952 Mickey Mantle card, forget it. I could get one, but I don't have the money to get one. I think I saw today something said that, that one of them had sold and it was like the lowest value it had ever sold for. And it was still like hundreds of thousands of dollars. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. 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 That's probably one good thing with wrestling cards. They're probably not quite as expensive as that. Yeah, Probably they're very common, aren't they? Mass produced. I like the fact you said 75 pence for like 12 cards. That sounds like an amazing deal. I remember uh, just leaving school when it was definitely under a pound. Yeah. Yeah, that's... To me, yeah, now you're not paying anything like those sort of fees. Um, I don't really collect new cards. I'm not interested in that part of it at all. I just like single cards or people who are... People who are trying to get rid of their collections, if I can get it on the cheap, I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll take some of those. I'm building my collection up a little bit of time. But, yeah, I've not really been uh, ripping anything at all. The only one, and I didn't talk with this about the boys, is my collection experience from England, and I didn't really think of it as that because they weren't cards, was stickers, football stickers. That that was the thing that, uh, that I did when I was younger. Um, Panini, I think. I'm sure, I know they're still going because last time I was in England, I did it with the boys for a, like when we were there for three weeks. I gave them a pack every week, and it was just like – this is so cool. <laughs> Sticking yeah, the they are. On the page. Oh, we got to repeat. And it's, yeah. So, yeah, I guess I've been collecting longer than I'd really kind of thought about it. But I, I don't know. Is that, would you say that's probably more the vibe in England, stickers or than cards? Or am I just showing my age? No, no, no. During the World Cup uh, recently, it was definitely all about the stickers. They were everywhere. Okay. Some of my neighbours were just um, handing them out. And I was like, oh, no cards anymore. So I would say cards is definitely more um, outside of the UK and stickers is more in yeah. the UK. Yeah, I actually bought some recently. I didn't even know. It's um, a baseball sticker album. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know that that existed as a thing. Like, I've only ever seen baseball cards until. So I guess it's the exact opposite of uh, of England then. But yeah, they must have died out because they've not really continued at all. So they're very niche. Hey, let's get on to that good card then. So what's your good card? Tell us a little bit about it. and Why have you picked this one? My good card uh, is very odd because a lot of people uh, missed, <laughs> missed his um, run, but it's actually uh, Mike Adamley. Are you familiar with Mike Adamley? 
Now, you sent me a picture of your cards, which I didn't ask. I, you, you chose to do that. And I think I, the comment was there's four people who are featured. And I said, I know one of the four people. So um, that was not one of the four people that I knew. So, no, I, I do not know who that is. I did say this could be. But this is my le- see as a teacher. I like to learn things as well. So I don't mind if you have cards. I don't know who they are. I'm assuming yep. there's a reason why you picked that person, though. Yeah, I chose it because the main reason is because he this is his only physical piece of WWE merchandise he ever had. I mean, he was there for about six or eight months. Mm-hmm. Uh, they never made the like action figure of him. They me- never made a T-shirt of him. They made this card of him. So it's to me, it's just super rare because I'm a big fan of him dating back all the way back to the American Gladiators, which he was the host of. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, people uh, remember him most because, like, he used to botch a lot of names. um, And uh, I believe he had some CTE issues, sadly. But um, Mm. I always just uh, get a kick out of him. Uh, So I would say, yeah, that's my good card, 100%. So what era is this from then? Because I have big gaps in my wrestling knowledge. Is anyone who listens to Good Cop, cop, Bad Cop would know? This is um, from, uh, so he started at the Royal Rumble 2008 and he lasted all the way to about at least August or uh, September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all all throughout 2008. So that was when I was back in England. I was back in England for a three year period after leaving Virginia. And at that point, I didn't, I don't think I've ever really watched wrestling in England, except for when I used to watch World of Sport with my dad when I was little, kind of my boy's age. So, um, yeah, no, that's definitely an era if it was somebody that came in quick. So what is it that appealed to you about him specifically? What what, what made you, Obviously, there's something that made you pick that card. And obviously, it's in a short period of time, eight months. I know there are characters that can make an impression on you like that. As I don't know the person at all, what is it specifically about him? Well, it's just mainly the fact that uh, he just, to me, just made a, a like so so many hilarious botches of like um, ring ring names, match types. Um, there's loads of videos on YouTube of him uh, like just flubbing his lines. Um, then then they even made him the Royal General Manager, which was um, hilarious because he would just come out and say just uh, nons- nonsensical things um yeah 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 it's just more of a kick out of it it's like wow Mm -hmm. like you can't really own anything of mike adam lee from his time in wwe but you can own this card so it's just all about the memories i guess they don't do that on on baseball cards like they have rookie cards like or bowman's has one that says first so you know that it's the first card they came out with and then after that they don't have it so you know that it's like an original one that puts tender extra value i guess wrestling doesn't do that then i hadn't really thought about it at the time they really should. There's a huge uh, gap in the market for that. Yeah. It certainly makes sense. Like if I'm trying to think now, if they did do that, if suddenly someone said, like, I got a Mick Foley card and someone says, well, I got a, a rookie Mick Foley card. Then suddenly that original one at that time, people don't necessarily know who Mick Foley is. Yeah. But as it as time builds on, you later realize, oh, now he's a Hall of Famer. Then now you'd want and it adds value to those cards. But it certainly makes you look after some of those cards that you probably got when you were a boy. It might have been like, well, I don't even know who this person is if it's probably a lower down character. Yeah. So, but they sometimes they those people evolve up and then become much bigger and that can add more value to it. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. I don't know why they don't do that. That That would seem like an obvious one to me now. This is my con. I, I could pick almost any of these three cards. I could pick up and say it's good. Any of these three cards, I could say is bad, and any ones I can say. All right, I'm going to go the controversial route. Okay, so I did not tell you my cards mainly because I was at work and I didn't have them with me. So <laughs> I think I mentioned a couple of names though. 
So card number one is uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Now, why the hell would I pick that? That sounds like a very controversial pick. I will admit that was going to be my bad card straight away. But then I was like, no, 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 no. I've done enough good cop, bad cop to know that good is bad and bad is good, etc., etc. We wouldn't even be talking about wrestling if it wasn't for this man, probably. Love him or hate him, he actually really set the business up, going all the way back to when I was a tiny boy to suddenly decide... I'm going to put all my cash into a WrestleMania, an event called WrestleMania, where we have stadiums full of people, and all they're going to do is watch wrestling. And when you put it in those terms in that era, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like, definitely. why would you do that when it's not even real? You could watch boxing. There's much. And the fact that he did that and it worked, and then now it's still going 40 years later, nearly. Um, it's absolutely incredible. Now, I also picked him because I think the part of this the part of this show that I like is it's, it's the conversation starter. So obviously I said it doesn't have to be time specific, but obviously now this is the perfect time to talk about Vince. So Vince obviously left the company under a <laughs> under very bad circumstances, under allegations. Um, I'm not even sure if allegations is the right word. I think they're facts. I think I think it's been uh, pretty much confirmed that what, what has been said has been true. I don't think he's been tried or anything yet or fined anything yet, but it's certainly not looking good. And then two weeks, three weeks? I'm not sure. I'm, I kind of lose track of time. He's back now. Yeah, he's uh, back uh, uh, straight away heading for power, isn't he? Yeah. Um. I don't know how much. How much do you watch the current product? Not too much. Um, I watch little clips on YouTube, but mainly to pay per views. Okay, so you're about the same as I am. You you do enough so you can uh, keep talking about it, but not enough to be an, an authoritative voice on it. What do you make of Vince coming back? What do you think that's going to do to the? I I don't think it's a good thing that he's come back. But I guess probably my bigger question is, what do you think that's going to do for the product itself? I think it will, to be honest, it's, we'll have to wait. It's a wait and see sort of thing, isn't it? Like, um, I know there was a huge drastic um, change when he left, like with Creative, with Triple H taking over. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it won't be that long before he gets back his claws back in. And, um, I mean, it's, it's it's a difficult one to, to answer. But, um, yeah, it's certainly not going to... I don't think it's going to hinder it as much as um, Dave Meltzer and people like that will have you believe. I think part of it depends on the motives for coming back as well, because it sounds mm. like the reason he wanted to come back was so he could get on the board, so he could initiate a sale. Yeah. And if that's true and then he sells it, then however the product changes is probably going to be, well, he won't be in control of that product unless the purchaser says, we'll buy the company, but we want you to stay in control or something. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, it feels really, to me, kind of unsettling. I've been a harsh critic of WWE. Um, I only watched WWE initially. Um, well, I watched it because I liked it. Um, I watched it with Mason to get him into wrestling. And I admit, I enjoyed that first those first few years. I saw some new characters I hadn't seen, the Daniel Bryans, the Roman Reigns, uh, CM Punk, those types of people. And I was like, oh, this is good. I'm excited to get back into wrestling. And then after that, once we started his podcast, I, I did not really like WWE. It was like, I'm watching it because you're watching it and you want to talk about it. But I didn't really care. And same with Matt. I was talking about it. It was like, I don't really like it. It was mainly my bad cop moment most of the time. But actually, yeah. in the last year, I've actually really started enjoying it. Like, SmackDown is a much better show than it was. There's things on it that I don't like, but I don't find it a chore watching it now. Um, yeah. Actually, I probably did myself a disservice. I said I watch you, um, YouTube clips like you do. I actually watch SmackDown regularly now. I, yeah. I, I, re- I resubscribe to Sling TV, and on a Friday night, I actually like watching it. 
it's something I look forward to. Oh, it's eight o'clock. I'm excited to actually watch live wrestling, which I haven't done in a long, long time. I always used to watch highlights or repeats or two out two days after the event or whatever. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know. All right. It wasn't an easy one, but it was it was a significant card. For me, it was kind of I, I could put it frame it as a good card as well, because most of the time it's the wrestlers. Yeah. Now, I know Vince has wrestled, but um, I thought it was a unique card. So it was part of that collection. Oh, I didn't even say what it was. An all access card. I have no idea what year it's from. I don't think I even read this part. Uh, oh gosh, Danny, my eyes, as, as I'm getting older, I can't read that small print. <laughs> I need to get a pair. I need to get a magnifying glass so I can read the thing. I think it says it's 2002, but I'm not sure. Oh, wow. All right. I was Let's see say what it 2000. says. Yeah. Oh, actually there's some bigger right in here. It is 2000. It's a, a oh. <laughs> 2002. All right. I can, let's see what it says on the back of the card. Quite simply, Vince McMahon does it all. The owner of the WWF, Vince oversees every single aspect of television production, and on some occasion even throws a few blows in the ring. Now, I don't think that card could be any more accurate, except for it, I mentioned the fact that he micromanages everything. He isn't. He controls absolutely everything. So, yeah, this yeah. is very accurate. He probably print, picked the words that went on the back as well, yeah, uh, just to make did. sure that everyone realizes, hey, look, I'm in the boss, I'm in control, I can do all this stuff. Uh, yeah. Vince also takes time to address individual superstar concerns and helps his children learn the business. Wow. He helped wow. him learn the business and then he's going to sell it. <laughs> They're not going to have anything to do. Um, I'm sure they'll be very rich out of it and they'll get some money from it. But yeah, sorry. Sorry, kids. We've just uh, we got your inheritance. We sold it. I will say Vince is uh, a part of a lot of my favorite matches involve Vince McMahon because uh, you can't say he's like a, a classic pro wrestler, but he is very good in the ring um, and he's very good at um, telling the story with, uh, especially in the hardcore matches where you can get, we can hide a lot of his um, weaknesses. Mm-hmm. His matches with, um, or his segments with Stone Cold classic. Who doesn't yeah. want to beat up the boss? Like that, yeah, was, yeah. that was the era when I started watching. I was like, it's perfect. How could you not enjoy that? He has a very expressionate face. Yeah. Like, I don't like to see him in the ring anymore. But 2000s, it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Excellent. All right. What you got for your bad card? So this one is um, Deuce from uh, Deuce and Domino, who were also around in 2008. Um, the reason I chose for my bad cards was because I was never able to get Domino, his tag team partner. So... To me, this felt incomplete, but um, Deuce is actually the son of um, Jimmy's Superfly Snucker. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he had a little run after the team broke up as Sim Snucker, and it, it just went nowhere, sadly. But um, yeah, the fact that I couldn't get Domino just made um, because this uh, entire Slam Attacks um, series is more tag team focused. And the fact that I couldn't get him, it was like, ah, oh, so he's he's just kind of there in the collection. Now, this is where this is where I embarrass myself and my co-host who eventually is going to be listening to this is going to slam me on a future episode of Good Cop, Bad Cop. Isn't Tamina Jimmy, Jimmy Fly Snooker's daughter as well? Yeah, that's his okay, sister. So, so they're brother and sister? Yeah. Oh, OK. Whew. <laughs> I was like, I'm sure that there's like, uh, I was like, I'm sure Tamina's his daughter as well. Oh, I did not know that. So, wow, that, yeah. that family's got a real wrestling. I guess you don't have any choice. <laughs> like, no, if you're a wrestler, <laughs> you're around a wrestling ring and uh, you're watching it. And it's obviously as a little kid, what's more exciting than wrestling? Like, wrestling's cool as an adult, but as a kid, 
wrestling's way cooler. So as you're a little kid watching all those things, how would you not want to get into the business as well? Because I'm sure your parents shield you from the shitty side of it, like the the traveling and the low pay and the injuries, and uh, you kind of suck that stuff up. But they only see the the showtime side of it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, with his case, you have to factor in the fact that Jimmy Snooker uh, murdered a, a woman as well in cold blood. <laughs> <laughs> controversy <laughs> <There's>, uh... <laughs> yeah I'm, what's the show? I'm trying to remember what that show is that has all those things on I'm blanking. dark side of the ring there we go dark side they have plenty of material <laughs> I yeah. can't see them running out of material at any point soon um, yeah there's a um... Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on with that so how many how many cards are in that set then because I think you said you're only missing one is that right uh, I think I'm missing a couple uh, oh. of the. So they, they split off into three, well, actually more than three um, categories, but they have Raw, SmackDown, and ECW, because this, this was the dying days of WWE ECW. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there's around just over 100 different ones. Okay. Now, I'm also curious then, what's on the back of that card? So you showed me the front of the card, and we'll we'll post the pictures online because that's how I'm going to repromote this stuff. Oh, so the, okay, can you you show me the back? It just says slam attacks. Okay, so what's on what's on the other side? I thought there was more to these slam attacks cards because I thought I had some for soccer recently. Um, because I got a oh, it does have the numbers on the bottom. All right, so tell me tell me about the numbers then. What's the forty four and the sixty two? Because it's obviously different from the soccer ones that I had recently. So I believe uh, you can play uh, against each other with uh, these cards, and I guess whoever has the highest number kind of wins. But I've so never it's actually. Top yeah, 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 sort of. I have okay. um, a little of them as well because some of them came with DVDs. But yeah, uh-huh. yeah, very similar format. It looks like they just ripped it off. <laughs> so what are the categories then? What are they rated on? I think just show. Uh, if you're so it doesn't say anything down. under the two. What does it say under 44? Nothing? No, just uh, defense and attack. Oh, defense and attack. Okay. I assume there was something like promo skills or... I'm trying to think. Uh, it's a long time since I played Top Trumps. And I think I had a yeah. motorcycle set. Now, if actually, if I'd have known that, um, one of the cards I was going to pick actually kind of is very similar to that. So if you can fill some dead air for about 30 seconds, Danny, um, I'm going to go and grab those cards. Because I remember I saw some wrestlers with different numbers on as well. Now I'm kind of curious what those cards are. So I'll tell everyone while um, Graham's away is uh, Deuce and Domino uh, were at one time my favorite tag team. Um, it wasn't until later on in the years I found out that Jimmy uh, Deuce was Jimmy Snucker's uh, son, and I was quite shocked. I was like, oh. So then they actually made him uh, Jimmy Snucker Jr., a.k.a. Sim Snucker, and he actually tag-teamed with um, Randy Orton for a little bit before getting kicked out of uh, Legacy and never to be seen again, ever, on WWE television. Hmm. Now, the cards that I found, this is a well-known brand, so this is Tops. So Michelle McCall, very familiar with Michelle McCall. I know who that is. Yeah. I have to admit, I do not know who this person is. So I don't know if you can give any insight on uh, Queen Charmel. Yeah, that's Booker that's T's wife. Who is it? Booker T's wife, Charmel. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Well, that's going to link in very nice with a card I have coming up then. So that's perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, on the back, I kind of saw it's that same thing. Because in my mind, I was like, oh, that's like the ones I have for, for, so- for soccer. They've got like the different numbers on there. So it says, I'm going to read it because it's a, um, who have I got first? Oh, Michelle McCall. So she's got three ratings. Uh, signature move. She got 32 for a belly to belly suplex. Uh, finisher, the spinning backbreaker, 29. And the extreme rating is 44. Now, 
I don't know anything about the numbers, but I know one of your numbers was 44 for that person. Yeah. What was the other number? Uh, 62. So if it's 62, it's probably out of 100 then, right? It's got to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it's the same for this, um, we obviously know that in the era when a lot of the divas were, they were very lowly respected. They were put in matches that were kind of demeaning. And they're often matches that were two, three minutes long at most. And their entrances were probably 10 minutes. Um, so the highest rating is 44 out of 100. Um, if that's true, that's a little insulting to that person. Now, I actually thought Michelle McCall was actually okay, as far as I can remember. Now, Charmelle, who I don't know, in your opinion, who would be the better of these two rests? If you had to pick one, who's going to be better? Queen Charmelle or Michelle McCall? Or is it Michelle McCall. Close? No, I would say Michelle, Michelle McCall. McCall. Okay, so um, let's have a look. Queen Charmelle's rating, uh, 31 for a signature move, which is a slap. Now, how is a slap a signature move? That, that's pretty poor. That's pretty poor. Um, yeah. That's only one point less than um, what Michelle McCall had. Uh, her finisher is 38. The Charmelbow? Well, I like the name for sure. So um, so she gets nine uh, yeah, nine points more for that. Uh, her extreme rating was 27. Oh, actually, perhaps this wasn't the two. I was comparing two cards, and one person I didn't know. Uh, there's probably about four or five of these. And it was one. I was like, how is that person getting more than this person? So um, her highest rating might be 38 out of 100. I, I don't know. I'm hoping somebody knows more about these cards, or I might look into them a little bit more as well. But I was like the same thing. I was like, it's obviously some sort of game. But if that's out of 100... Why would you actually promote that as um, part of your business? Because that, isn't that just saying that the divas are crap? Yeah. Well, I mean, what year is that <laughs> from? Much. Do you know? Oh, uh, oh gosh. Uh, I think it says 2007. Once again, the writing's a little bit small. I think 2007. Yeah. Well, a year later, her card in this um, pack is... Uh, do you want to read the number? If you can read uh, that. 51 and 56. Oh, so... She might just have had a good year at that point. This could yeah. be perhaps it was a bit of ring rust. Perhaps she was coming off an injury or something. So yeah, it might not even be the same scale then. I don't know. But I kind of as a math person, like I have questions. I always have to query things like that. When I see a number, like out of what? Like it doesn't yeah. say anywhere. Perhaps if you buy the sets, it says on the back of the cards or something, but I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, I also liked on these as well the fact that it had like little things. So um um Queen Chamel is the prom queen. I don't know if that was something that was mentioned in the ring or not. And, uh, oh, Michelle McCall is the teacher. Well, yeah, I guess that, that must have been why I warmed to Michelle McCall then, if that was her. <laughs> I think I have a new favorite diva. I'm gonna add there to you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for my bad card, and the reason it's a bad card is I should have been using this with Matt Willis, really. But I, I'm, I'm going to be nice to him because I always give him a hard time. Um, I picked this one. And this could have easily been a good one. This was one of the big cards that I saw in this set. And I was like, ooh, I don't have anything like this in my collection. So I'm always trying to collect different ones. So it might be a little difficult to see here because I can see it's a little bit blurry. Um, this is a ringside relics, Bobby Lashley versus King Booker. Matt hates Booker T. <laughs> That's why, <laughs> that was why I wanted to really show him the card. Um, this card contains a piece of the actual mat from the June 30th SmackDown. Now, I was a little disappointed because I didn't see the back of the card. I was like, oh, this is probably like a SummerSlam or this is a WrestleMania. And then I was like, June 30th SmackDown. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of a little disappointing. But I yeah. don't have a ring that has a piece of canvas in it. So I was like, well, that's, that's kind of cool. And I was like, I can wind Matt up with it as well because I can talk about Booker T. Now, why did I pick this as my card? Like I said, Matt obviously considers him a really bad commentator. I thought it would be the perfect time to talk about bad commentators. So we already know who Matt is. Um, I'm quite prepared to go first. I think the one who I hate the most um, is uh, Jonathan Coachman. 
I, I don't. I, there's something that just I don't know. I find his voice a little high. He's a little too energetic for what's actually needed. I understand for wrestling, you've got to kind of hype the crowd up. But for me, he just goes that little bit too far. Um, perhaps he's playing a character. Uh, well, I know they're all playing a character to a degree. But from my point of view, it was like, get him off the screen. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, they kind of did. When they brought him back, I was like, oh, my God, of all the people to bring back, don't bring back him like anybody else. So, um, yeah, I thought it'd be a chance to talk about bad commentators or bad people behind the screen, I guess. So what you got for me, Danny? So bad commentators. Uh, the one that really springs to mind is current day royal commentator Kevin Patrick. OK. I just cannot stand. Um, I remember. I mean, I don't want me and you don't watch WWE religiously like Raw because no. he's. Um, Not Raw. I don't have three was, hours. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have three hours on a Monday. No chance. But um, there was one uh, little clip I saw on YouTube where um, two wrestlers were brawling. And I can't remember who they were, but they were brawling. And he was uh, calling it like it was a match. And when you're an announcer, a wrestling announcer, and a brawl breaks out, an impromptu brawl, you're kind of either supposed to stay silent or um, just be like, oh, no, what's happening? Somebody calls security. Not <laughs> say, oh, he took him down. And with what, what's he going to do next? And he was like, it's just so bland. Um, he was just, uh, it just, yeah, yeah, that would be mine, Kevin Patrick. I think when you look back, it's not that they were bad commentators, but when you look back in time, um, some of the comments, and you hear this on a lot of the podcasts that you kind of appear on, that Rob appears on, Dan, and um, Danny appears on, Dan appears on as well, Dan Griffin, like Raw from Old Smackdown from early 2000s. Like you're listening to JR in particular, uh, sorry, not JR, you're listening to The King in particular, and um, it's, it's cringeworthy. Yeah. It's absolutely cringeworthy. At the time, I absolutely loved it. Um, but time has been a, a very harsh critic on those. Now, the other reason why I wanted to put this in my bad section is there's no way that I could do this with Matt Willis now, because as he is a commentator, I think he's mentioned that on one of the episodes, um, as he is a, a bona fide commentator now, I couldn't possibly ask him to slag off somebody who's in his profession. So, um, yeah, I thought I'd probably better bring this up in this episode instead. But that, I mean, uh, it, is a, it is a hard job to do, I mean, commentary, but um, especially in WWE because you sat there for hours on end after being mm -hmm. in meetings. But, I mean, I'll never take that away from anyone, but some people just got awful. I would love to hear, and obviously we're not going to hear this for a while, um, the commentators, perhaps a Michael Cole, talking about the difference between having Vince in your ear all the time and then when Vince left, what that was like, and then now Vince has come back. I don't think Vince is having that effect right now, but I would love to know the difference. But my impression is he's constantly saying things into their ear and they have to basically react or repeat whatever he said. Whereas, that, that to me, that kind of takes out the spontaneity. If you're, if you're picking those people for those jobs, you have to trust them to be able to do that job. And if you're kind of stepping in there, that's not your specialism. Yeah. So, I don't know. I understand Vin Vince was a commentator. Like, I've seen some of those early episodes. To me, he seems kind of lame, but that might just be because it's so old. Perhaps at the time, it didn't seem that bad. But to yeah. me, he doesn't seem like a great commentator. No, he was very OTT. Yeah, yeah, that's what I figured. All right, this was my favorite one now. So this has definitely been dubbed the wild card, kind of by random, just kind of came out of my mouth. It kind of fits. So this could be anything. You got your a free choice, I guess. It's like an open yeah. agenda for cards. What you got for your <laughs> wild card then? I think this is the person I know. <laughs> or one so, of the yeah, two people. My wild card is uh, the tag team uh, card in the slam attacks of Chris Jericho and Lance Cade. 
who mm. weren't actually a tag team. It was more um, Chris Jericho was the mentor, Lance Cade was the mentee. And it was very, the reason I chose it is because it was very short-lived and I think it was less than three months. But um, the fact that they got a tag team card out of this just blew my mind. It was like, wow, just <laughs> because um, Landscape was brought in uh, because Chris Jericho was feuding with Shawn Michaels and who changed uh, Landscape was Shawn Michaels. So they used him. So I was very, very shocked to actually see, even looking back on this, it was like, oh, wow, that's, they actually put them in as a tag team. So that would be my wild card. Well, that, that certainly makes sense as why you would pick that. I'm thinking from the perspective of the people who are making the card, they would pick it, and predominantly assuming, because of Chris Jericho. Yeah. Like, if you got, if they're not, if they, at that time he's part of a tag team um, and he's not wrestling as a singles person that time, you obviously want Chris Jericho card to be published. So, yeah, you kind of have to place that team. I did not know the name Lance Cade at all, so I'm not sure how long he stayed in wrestling after that. Obviously, Jericho... <laughs> Jericho's been around for forever. Like he's yeah. like part of most people's wrestling lives, like from day one. Yeah, he's, he's thirty years now, isn't he? Ridiculous, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I think but, he actually people knocked him when he first went to AEW and said like he looked out of shape. I've seen a bit of AEW recently. I've dropped off what he's looking in. I think he looks in fantastic shape. Yeah, um, I think he, unless he, uh, he's been working at it a little harder. But for yeah. as a somebody of a similar age. <laughs> Um, it's definitely as your metabolism slows down, it's uh, yeah, it's difficult to stay in the same shape that you're in when you're in your twenties for sure. It is, yeah. I mean, I I don't see why there was so much attention put on that. Um, I mean, the man's had a thirty-year career. Mm. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, uh, he did definitely work hard to um to just get regain his shape back, and he did a great job. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that important anyway. It's the uh, it's the entertainment side of it. Yeah. Like he can he can hold he can cut a promo, um, he can create attention, he can create an interest in a match. He has all those skills that you need that don't involve like most of the AEW cast throwing yourself off the top rope at high speed and potentially breaking your neck, which is yeah. how they gain their interest. He can do it in other ways, and yeah. he's he's one of the best at doing it. I don't think I really respected him enough when I first saw him. I kind of uh, poo pooed him a little bit, and uh, like I thought he was good. People were talking about him as like one of the best ever, and I was like, nah, I think he's good, but I don't think he's great. But I think the fact that now it's even further, and the fact he keeps changing and reinventing himself, and the crowd are eating out of his hand when he comes out on AEW, and they're all singing the song. And I was there a year ago this week, actually. I saw Mason's birthday, I saw the pictures come back up on Facebook, and I was like, and I was doing the same, I was doing the same, I was like, and loved it. Even though I was booing him in the match. But yeah, the fact that you can do that and have that effect over people, even as a heel, you can still get them to love you and then hate you the next minute. There's not many people that can do that. Yeah. I mean, he's, he is brilliant um, as an on-air character. Maybe not on Twitter as much, but um, <laughs> on uh, on television. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I don't agree with his politics uh, at all, um, but I do like the fact that you see um, he he puts his money where his mouth is and he'll donate yeah. to basically every single cause you can imagine and not just small amounts either. I would no. say substantial amounts. And if I remember correctly, I want to say for the for the Briscoes, I think it was a Briscoes, but he actually spelled his name wrong. And then he just donated the same amount again. So he yeah. basically sent two donations in. So, yeah, I, I got to say, whenever people are in need, he, he steps up to the plate really quickly. Yeah. And, um, 
yeah, I, I can't ask, I can't say anything more about him than that. But yeah, politics, so, yeah, politics wise, no, no. no. So we, with Lance Cade, um, he's unfortunately passed away in 2010, I believe. Oh. Um, he, he, I think he was 29, so he wasn't Oof. even 30. But um, yeah, 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 he he was actually, uh, a, I would say he was definitely going to be a big star in WWE. Um, just he had his. Uh, demon problems as as WWE likes to say mm-hmm. um but uh yeah 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 he he had a he had quite a long career actually about a 10-year career and uh trained by Shawn Michaels uh made it to WWE a couple of times uh got sent back down to developmental and then came back up uh in I, th- I think he's best known for Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch in his little tag team he had but um outside of that yeah yeah he's it's um yeah, it's a shame he uh, didn't even make it to 30. Too many wrestlers. When you hear those, the ages they're dying at, it's, it's too soon. It's uh, too soon. And, um, yeah, um, the, the last one, um, yeah, I just, the Briscoe, um, Jay Briscoe, that, that was that really hit hard. That one, there's been a few that have hit, have kind of hit, but that one hurt way more than, I thought it would be. I think more the circumstances were, were mm. what it was. I'm not a big Ring of Honor person, and I wouldn't claim to have seen a lot of his matches, but just um, the outpouring of love from wrestlers who um, I'm following on social media, um, they all seem to know him. I didn't hear anyone say a bad word at all. No, no. I didn't hear just... one person say anything but, anything but basically but love and the fact that he went out of his way to help people. And... Um, yeah, um, I, the the update, which is I'm, I'm possibly going to talk about on good on a good cop bad cop as well. It does sound like his daughters have get regained the feeling in their legs, and it's like, yeah, thank goodness for that. It's just like this is a bad situation, and you oh, don't yeah. want a bad situation to get even worse. And um, that's good that they're on the they've started their road to recovery at least anyway. And I'm yeah. sure that'll be a long process, but that 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 was uh, that was certainly great to hear. Yeah, that was encouraging news. Mm-hmm. Now, for my wild card, this was the one I actually I spent the most amount of time trying to decide uh, what I was going to pick. I nearly picked one that was a double card because they're kind of unusual. But um, it was uh, the half, top half of the picture was Yokozuna, and the bottom half of the picture was the Usos. And I was like, well, that Usos is kind of relevant. We could, uh, but I, I didn't. I picked this one. Now, it's interesting how big celebrities get. Obviously, people like Hulk Hogan. Everyone knows who Hulk Hogan is. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, you know who they, they transcend the sport. Um, I would say probably the other exception to that would probably be The Rock as well. I think most people know who The Rock is as well. And as big as Roman Reigns is right now, I think if I was to show my mom a picture of that and say, who is this? I don't think she's going to know the answer. And probably my wife as well. She probably knows a little bit more, basically, because she's got uh, two sons and uh, a big kid also in the house. Um, she probably knows a little bit more. Now, the one person that she knows probably on the same amount of level that I know is this person here. I am presenting a card of Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, There is a quote on the front as well. So let's have a look what the quote says. Uh, Just when they think they have the answers, I change the questions. And on the back, it says uh, the superstars, uh, six of 20. Ooh, not many, not many cards in this series. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. And this is picture was from Saturday night's main event, November 25th. 
1986. I have no idea when this card is from. Now, the reason that she would know him as well, I don't know anything about him at all. Like, I think I might have seen one match at WrestleMania, but it didn't really resonate with me too much. Um, it's just totally from the wrong era as far as I'm concerned. The reason I know him and she knows him, he appeared on an episode of Wife Swap. And it was one of those shows that my wife watched, uh, Celebrity Wife Swap, I should say. And I was like, I'll, I'll watch. if she's watching it, I'll watch it. It's it's basically it is basically wrestling. It's garbage. It's putting people in ridiculous situations and seeing how they react to it. And it's um, easy to watch. It's fun to watch. Um, he did a wife swap with uh, Ric Flair. Now, Ric Flair is, well, I think everybody knows Ric Flair. Um, Ric Flair is Ric Flair. There was no change. That There's no character there. That's Ric Flair. Every night he went out drinking and uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper's wife was like, this is boring. We're doing this all the time. Like, how old are you? Like, she didn't like it. I didn't realize that I know his character. Like, I know he's the biggest heel, et cetera, et cetera. But I didn't realize he's really he was really a really quiet person. Like, um, I think he lived on like a farm, um, had had big family, um, spent time with his kids, played games with them. Um, Far, far removed from wrestling. Now, there was another reason I picked him as well. Um, the Canadian wrestler who was supposedly Scottish. So um, I thought this would be a good idea because I don't think I really know the backstory. Or if I do, I've forgotten the backstory. So how did you get to become Scottish Danny? Well, basically, my entire um, line lineage, that's how you say that word. Yeah. Um, that is from... Uh, small time well, small town scotland um airshire i don't know if you heard of airshire yeah. Yeah. yeah um and uh that's on my mum's side but on my okay. dad's side is uh austrian okay but i was uh sadly i was born here <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't want to be austrian danny then maybe in the future yeah but ah. no um so i grew up uh, with my gran my mum uh just various family members uh -huh. who were Scottish and stuff like that so I just yeah I mean just got you could say I was Scottish blood um but really I'm just English maybe I'm giving up my gimmick <laughs> well my co-host whenever he gets the opportunity likes to mention that he has um Scottish ancestry as well uh so he always mentions it as well but I, yeah I know it's always kind of mentioned with you but I don't think I'd ever heard you give the full story so I thought it sounded like the perfect opportunity but yeah. I know that you're an expert on different eras of wrestling that I'm not so I thought it might be the perfect opportunity to tell me what I've missed what matches should I go back and see uh, what was the appeal of Roddy of uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper I obviously know the inc the incarnation with uh, Rowdy Ronda Rousey and I, I love that side so I'm guessing there's some similarities but I really don't know anything this is probably the most famous wrestler that I don't really know anything about at all yeah, um, he's done a lot of films outside of wrestling and things that he did. They Live, which is a great film. Um, he as did... a wrestler or as just as a serious actor? No, just as a serious actor. But Oh, OK. I did not know that. I feel he's done a lot. Like you said, Wife Swap. He's done celebrity ghost, ghost stories, um, just various films uh, like that. Um, he, uh, in terms of matches... I wouldn't be this was well tagging someone like Cy Powell or Rob or something like that because um I don't want to say it's before my time because he also wrestled in um Ruthless Aggression era, which is the two thousands. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, he had a, he I mean he could still cut a promo all the way to when he passed away in two thousand fifteen. Mm -hmm. Um or yeah, so it would be just 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say just if you ask one of the guys in, in our little group chats on Twitter, um, <laughs> because they would definitely know a lot more about Roddy Piper um, than me. But yeah, yeah, he was he was always around. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the things that I actually looked up because I wanted to check. Because I'm like, I know he's not from Scotland, but I didn't realize he was Canadian. And then when I looked and I was like, he died in 2015. I was like, that was eight years ago. I, I was. <laughs> I'm getting really bad at estimating with how long ago things is. I think I need to always take my estimate and then just double it because oh. I was way off. I had no idea it was that long ago. I, I was genuinely shocked when I saw it was that long. But. It just flies by. It really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, absolutely crazy. But no, I like the card. That that was when I was looking through the cards. It was, it was like a lot of 17 and there was a few that kind of caught my eye. And I was like, well, Rowdy Roddy Piper is definitely a classic one. But I like the fact that it's like the, it actually looks like a TV screen as well. So you got the white border, but inside you can see the TV screen. And I like you got the WWF logo there. You got him with the mic and you've got the the quote that he was actually saying. I was like, that's kind of a little different from most of the wrestling cards. It's normally them kind of flexing their muscles or they got some oil on them or they're in the ring. Um, this was just the backstage part. So I, I liked it for that reason as well, which was yeah. Why I wanted to add it to my collection. Danny, thank you so much for, for joining me today and talking about them. Like I said, I didn't get anything like my best cards out today, but I was being lazy. I saw those ones that arrived. I was like, I think there's something to talk about within those as well. And you're kind of my guinea pig. This was my no notes. I'm just going to pick three cards. Is this how this works? Can we just have a little conversation about a few things that you picked, a few things that I picked and see how it goes. And, um, this is kind of how I was envisaging it in my head. I don't know if I'm just getting lazy. I don't know. Well, I guess if I was lazy, I wouldn't do anything, right? Yeah. So, no, I, th I, I think you did a brilliant job um, just having no notes. Uh, maybe you should do that in the future. I'm, I'm. The more I do it, the better it seems. It does seem more spontaneous that way. Like, and we know wrestling is terrible when it's overscripted. And sometimes the best moments come out that are totally unplanned. When when Mev and Matt and I talk about what are our favorite moments, it's never anything that was planned. It was always yeah. something that comes out. And I think for that reason, that was why I like this. Like, hey, we got three cards. We got something to talk about. That was fine to think. How do I start talking about something? And I need something to get started. And I was like, oh, cards. That's like the perfect thing. You got a free choice. You could like the art of them. You could like the wrestler that's on them. They could be that unique thing to you. Um, it makes you back to when you were a boy. It reminds you about the price. Of different. There's like so many things that it makes you think about. when. And then for that reason, that was why I wanted to do it. And I'm glad that you wanted to do this for wrestling as well, because I'm already, I've, we only had three episodes. My original thought when I mentioned this to Matt, I said, hey, what do you think of this idea? I was only thinking baseball. I did not even think about extending it further than that. And he mentioned, well, you can do all sorts of different ones. And we've already done football, baseball, and wrestling. And I, I love that we can do that. So Yeah, I'm, I'm this, not trying to angle myself for a future episode, uh, possibly. But I do have a lot of horror cards as well. Oh, oh, wow. No, I am, I am definitely actively recruiting people so I can uh, get them on for more than one appearance because I'm not sure how many people I can actually get. And I'm only doing this once every two weeks, but in my head, off the top of my head, I was like, if I can get at least 13 people and I can get them to do two appearances, then that's a year. I I'm not looking to do this every week yet. Uh, perhaps in the summer I might when I got more time, but right now it's just like, I'll, I like the idea of recording and then I think I'll probably just build up a catalogue. Like, I think I'm going to record with Matt this week and then I can just put it out whenever I want. That that might be the way I get around with it as well. But I always like to see how podcasts evolve as well, like how I thought it was going to be and how it actually is. But no, I didn't even know. So are they, well, 
I don't want to do too many spoilers, but are they like screenshots from films or is it like pictures yeah. of characters or? Oh, okay. um, I've got a Texas Chainsaw Massacre collection. Um, oh, okay. And I've believe i have a uh friday the 13th collection somewhere but yeah it's just mainly screenshots from films hmm sounds like i know it's a long long way away but that sounds like that'd be a good halloween episode i would have thought probably around november time that sounds like it but but yeah no i if you if you would like to come on you are always going to be welcome to come on it's always great to talk to you we got to get you and chris on the good cop bad cop as well i have a feeling that was over a year ago yeah that that was uh i believe that was april no yeah, it wasn't that around WrestleMania time? Oh, gosh. It's a lot. Everything <laughs> seems... It's such a long time. I don't keep lists of when we had guests anymore. I used to, and then try and bring people... And then now it just kind of spiraled out of control. But I'm sure we'll fix that at some point. Hey, I better give you a chance to promote stuff as well. I, I, first of all, I loved your appearance um, with uh, Dan and Rob the other week on the UTT podcast. That was great. I didn't know you were the guest because I didn't read the notes at the time. But as soon as they mentioned stabbings, I was like, oh, my gosh, here we go. I know who this is. But, yeah, go ahead. Please promote all your stuff so people know where to find you. Yep, you can find me on Twitter at Scottish Juggalo. You can hear me on One Man's Meat podcast with the great Chris Bellis. You can hear me on Nitro Nuts with the great Cy Powell. And you can hear me on Back When with the great Ty Peters. There you go. Plenty of options. That's the, that's the fun thing with podcasting. It's not just, I think we all started out as wrestling and then we're all yep. kind of like, we have other interests though. I just want to say thanks for having me on, mate, because uh, this has been fun. It's actually been fun to listen to your episodes and uh, just, yeah, looking forward to hearing more who you've got on next. I'm hoping that the boys are going to be actually regular features. Um, to begin with, I was like, I'm, I want to get Mason back into podcasting. He doesn't have time to do research and notes anymore, but he loves cards and he loves talking about sports. And he's already asked me, he's like, can we record? I was like, we literally just recorded two weeks ago. So I know he's excited to come back on again. And so will, so will Jackson as well. It's always fun to hear those boys. And as I listen to them over the years now, listening to their development, it's nice to have something documented rather than just a picture. So definitely have you back on in the future. And yeah, I haven't figured out how to close this episode.